Lucky you. 36 best holes in golf. Alternate Shots Podcast. Barney's Army. Where we talk about golf. Sandy. Poker. James Bond. Horse racing. Double. Classic movies. Zenyatta. We have no script. Down the stretch they come. We are glad you joined us. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. (laughs) All right, Billy. It's the greatest week of the year if you're into horse racing because it's the derby and it's two dopes doping out the derby here so what do you think and down the stretch they come <laughs> it's it's uh always been billed as the most exciting two minutes in sports 50 years ago secretariat knocked the socks off the place it's a set a track record i think it's been tied but never beaten since then so secretary ended up winning the triple crown the first horse to do that i i don't know in how long but he was just a ridiculous horse. And then Seattle Slew came along and won it after that. But winning the Triple Crown in the, in horse racing is like a golfer winning the Grand Slam in, the, in, the, in one year. It's very difficult because these horses are, they're only three years old, which is young, and they're new three-year-olds because they run in May. They've never run a mile and a quarter when they hit the Derby. And then the Preakness is a mile and three-sixteenths, and then the Belmont's a mile and a half. And they call the Belmont the test of the champion for that very reason. So you got the, the, the Derby, then two weeks later is the Preakness. That's quick turnaround for the horses. And then three weeks after that is the Belmont, the grueling test. And that's only three weeks later. So these horses are running three huge races in five weeks, right? Or two, four, seven weeks. Quick question. So if you look at Secretariat 50 years ago, what was the most important race up into the Derby that he would have run? Would he have run any races in the year that he won the triple? Absolutely. They call them prep races. I, I think Secretariat's lead up was the Wood Memorial at uh, Aqueduct, which is a mile and an eighth uh, <clears throat> leading into the mile and a quarter race. But for the Derby, you know, there's the Bluegrass, there's the Lexington Stakes. There's, there's all kinds of races a month before, six weeks before, three weeks before. Uh, to prep these horses for this race. And now because the race has become so popular, the, the system to get in is you have to run in these races and you, you get points for running them, same as like you'd get FedEx points in a, in a golf tournament. And only the top 20 point gainers are eligible for the field. It, it, it's not a perfect system. In fact, I think it's a very imperfect system because it eliminates some possibilities say Sir Bart, who won the Triple Crown, had never won uh, run that year prior to that, you know, he wouldn't have been eligible for the Derby. So, but that's the way it is. And they'll get 20, 20 horses in the field, which is gigantic. Yep. That's probably twice the size of any, of a big field. Um, and it used to be, now they have a gate that, that covers all 20. They used to have two gates, one next to the other. And the outside posts used to be a disaster, but not so much anymore. In fact, this year's favorite. Why, that? Why two gates is is harder than one, or one is harder than two? Because they, they were they were not connected. There was a, there was it was something. There was an awkward start for the horses in the supplemental gate. It was like they were aimed a little different or something. But they figured that all out, and the post position has not been outside post position has not been a detriment in in recent years. The fifteen hole, which is where Forte this year is and Forte will be the favorite this year more than likely uh has won maybe two or three times in the last five or six years from out there the 15 hole so it's it's uh it, 
it's developed into a very interesting race and it's a very exciting race it's never gotten less exciting and it and it's it's usually wide open because of the size of the field and the trip is so important so you know sometimes you'll get a if forte had drawn say down on the rail that's trouble for him because by the time 20 horses get to that first turn if he hasn't gotten out in front in a clear place he's got a mess to deal with the rest of the way around weaving in and out or whatever last year a, a billion to one horse did that came from nowhere and weaved his way through it in the stretch and ended up winning ironically wouldn't have even been in the race until that day there was a late scratch and he, this horse was on the also eligible so he scratched in and he was i forget what he was 60 to 1 80 to 1 50 to 1 something like that did you I, ever... i'd lose money on the replay with this horse <laughs> so you never <laughs> considered betting on the uh the sub late sub no i and, I, and again i i i you know i they call it reading the red board when you go back and say, oh, yeah, you read the paper again. You say, I see this. I see that. So that's reading the red board, meaning you're looking at something that's already over. You're reading something that's already been read. So <clears throat> I could go back and look at this horse that won last year, and, and I, I still couldn't bet it. Couldn't do it. And I didn't bet it going forward and haven't bet him since. And he's, you know, he's a decent horse, but he's not. He's no secretary. He's no firm. He's no Seattle slew. He's no justifier, American Pharaoh. And those are the most recent uh, Triple Crown winners. Right. But there was a 36-year gap between Seattle Slew, uh, be um, between Affirmed and I think it was Justified broke the gap 36 years later. Yeah, Justified. Affirmed won it in months. 1978, I think. Yeah. That was the, the heyday of horse racing. For me, I was relatively new to the sport and... I caught on to affirmed. I was at Saratoga. I lived up there and I saw him run. I was at the top of the stretch and I saw this two-year-old run and I was like, my heavens, this horse, his legs are going twice as fast as the other horses in the race. He never ran again that I didn't have money on him. He, he, he won most of them. He didn't win them all. But uh, poor Alidar, who was second best to affirmed in all three legs of the Triple Crown, he would have won the Triple Crown if there was no affirmed. Magnificent horse, Alidar. So many, so many great horses over the years. Uh, this year is going to be interesting. This horse Forte, who uh, just won the uh, Florida Derby in um, wow, it what was a race. really yeah, unbelievable finish behind behind ninety eight percent of the the race. Yep, he he ran he he won it like four go four go. Forgo actually ran fourth in the Secretariat Derby and then went on to have a great career. He was a gelding, so he, ne he never went to stud. So he ran until he was seven or eight years old. And this horse would come from nowhere and catch everybody at the wire. Willie Shoemaker once said in a race against, I think it was Honest Pleasure, where he catches him in the last drop. Shoemaker says, I, I don't think I'm going to win. Even when I watch the replay, I don't think I'm going to win. It was, it was that <laughs> close, you know? I remember the announcer for Forte said that... Uh... He said, Forte's got a lot of ground to make up with less than a 16th of yeah. a, whatever that is. Yeah. But there's any, like Zenyana in the Breeders' Cup. If she's going to win, she's going to have to do something, you know, going to take a miracle. That's what's so, that, that's the best thing about horse racing. There's no elation like winning a horse race. It's it's ridiculous. You could, you, you might only win $4, but you pick a horse and you watch it win nobody that does that isn't really overjoyed by it it's it's inexplicable elation and it, 
especially in a race like this, particularly this Kentucky Derby or anyone like it, with 20 horses in there, if you dope this out and, and you're right, you're, you're on cloud nine. You might lose seven races going into that and, and only win a third of your money back, but you don't care. I mean, you, you care, but you still want to win that. You still want to win <laughs> so, that. So from a better standpoint, we had that little experiment this week, and I'm like 0 for 4. So yeah. I've, already, I've already got four. I've got a box for the Derby. And you talk about, I'm thinking of doing an exacta box, Forte, two fills, Tappet Trice, and Kings Barnes. And I'm thinking if, about boxing that. Yeah, that four horse box for a dollar is going to cost you 24 bucks. Right. So, you know, what I would do is I would do the dollar box for $24 and then take the two you like best and, and box them again. In case they come in, you'll win twice as much. But you might want to, if you like those four horses, also box a superfecta, which means if they if all four of them won one, two, three, four, you'll it's balloons. Uh, the horses you name any any superfecta in this in this race will pay a good amount of money. And you what's, and you, it, what's a cost for a dollar superfecta when you have four horses to box them all? Twenty four bucks. Oh, really? Yeah. So if I put Forte, Two Fills, Tapatrice, and Kings Barnes in there, pay 24 bucks, I've yeah. got those four horses in any four combinations. If they come in, those four horses come in. That, One, two, three, four, four, you win. I win, yep. I win the Superfecta. Right. And, and especially what you were talking about, if you box them in the Exacta and the Superfecta, if you hit the Superfecta, you're going to hit the Exacta. But if you miss the Superfecta, you might still hit the Exacta because you only right. need first and second. So the leverage is the superfecta, and the exacta might get your your money back that you invested in the two of these. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and if you know on the different sites or at the track, there's there's it's easy to see what these exactas will pay. You can't tell what a superfecta will pay, but you can see what an exacta will pay. You can't see a, a, a triple or a superfecta, but an exacta, they'll tell you the you know the will pays, which change all the way up till post time, but you get a general idea. So when you're talking, forget about somebody that's just betting on one horse to win. Okay. Anybody figure that out, right? Yeah. I bet on Forte a hundred bucks and to win. That's, there's not much creativity in that, but for guys that have been. But on the other hand, before you go too far, usually that's true. But on, in this race, Forte might be in my estimation, good enough to be, you know, even money or seven to five. But because of the size of the field and some of the other horses, you might get three to one on this horse. And a true player who who likes a horse that should be seven, like a, like a poker hand, should be seven to five, getting three to one. You you might unload on that. Doesn't right. mean you win, but so there is creativity on that bet if you look at the way the odds are formulating during the day and how things move up and down. Right. What's somebody who's a real handicapper? If you're only thinking about the big race, the Derby, you know, the championship race, what kinds of things, exotics and so forth, go through your head or your colleagues who, who've been betting for decades? Exactus, trifectas, and superfectas. If, if in racing, there's what's called vertical bets and horizontal bets. A horizontal bet encompasses more than one race. Sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth race, sixth and seventh race, first and second race, whatever. That's a horizontal bet. And those are daily doubles, pick threes, pick fours, pick fives, pick sixes. A pick, a double, or any of those 
that I just mentioned means you have to have the winner of each of those races. So you have to have the winner of the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, however many races it is that the pick six is or pick five or five races for pick five, et cetera. Uh, <clears throat> the vertical bets are win, play, show, exacta, uh, uh, triple, superfecta, and sometimes a super high five. A super high five is getting the first five horses in a row. Huh. That's usually, you know, very difficult, pays balloons and costs a lot of money. Would cost you $120 to buy a $1 box for five horses. Um, <clears throat> you know, so the, the heavy hitters will probably lean on exactas because that's first and second, especially let, let's say they love Forte and they, they're worried about two or three other horses. So they'll play Forte on top of those two or three other horses for a good deal of money. There was a guy at Saratoga I sat next to him. I'm not going to mention his name. Who, who would play super effect. The guy's got a lot of money. And he, he, he's sitting next to me. He hit a super effect. I said, he got, he got that. He says, yeah. And I said, wow, that's going to pay a lot. A dollar super effect. He goes, I got a $20 super effect. Oh like, <laughs> $20 super effect. What did the it's super effect pay for a dollar? 650, 750, something like that. Wow. Yeah. So that was 12,000, 13,000. <laughs> yeah, this guy, a friend of mine who's, who knows him way better told me this guy hit for like half a million one day at the racetrack. So, you know, that's a different world. You're going into a different world. You've already made your fortune. You're probably a horse owner. You're probably intricately involved in the sport on a lot of levels. You know, a lot of guys are. Mike Francesa is part owner of horses. You know, there's all kinds of guys that have, you know, we ourselves. know parcels yeah 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 so but it's a great game it's 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 a little different than golf where if you're playing a dollar nassau it's so different than if you're playing even the wolf game for five dollars a point or yeah horse racing dollar like nassau game, five yeah. ways it the, the pressure kind of goes higher you know for people that are not unlimited means right we know some people right that the cards with that none of that Unless you went ten thousand, fifty thousand dollars in assets, that wouldn't bother them. But in horse racing, the fun, or as you say, the elation, can come at a dollar, you know, exact a box for whatever six bucks. And, it's the and only sport that is really uh, interactive. The 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 better the fan is as much a part of the sport as the as the athletes. There there would be no horse racing if there was no betting. Right. I, I think that might be true with football to some degree, but that, that's not the way people look at football, but everybody bets football games one way or the other, you know, it's part of the enjoyment for the fan to participate, but there is no other way in horse racing. If nobody's betting, there's no purses. There's, you know, there, yeah. you know, it just doesn't work that way. It would be like having a baseball game where you didn't sell tickets. Nobody's right. going to Belmont racetrack for lunch and not put money in at the window you're just not going to do that it's like playing poker without money nobody's yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, everybody gets their money back at the end but well, that's that's the thing you, you feel like you're actually part of the team when you win you're not the jockey you're not the horse you're not the trainer you're not the owner but you're as happy as all of them on a, we on won. a different level yeah we, we won. won yeah we won yeah we, yeah well, you know, the, the golf is trying to do that. And I have tried a couple of times and come close where you bet on. I had Cam Young in the British Open. Yeah. And he 
busted a drive on the 18th hole at St. Andrews. Yeah. He, he was, I think he was one behind uh, Cam Smith and, uh, or maybe two behind. And uh, he needed to make an Eagle and Smith needed to make a par. And then they would have gone into a playoff. But even in golf, if you, even if you know people, golf is golf, and we all know what happens there. Horse racing, there's there there are times. I'll go back maybe three or four years. I was at Saratoga, and I was uh, fortunate enough to get to know Shug McGahey, who's a Hall of Fame trainer. Yep. And uh, this is a big race. It's the Whitney at Saratoga, and and Shug invited me to come over to his stable in the morning to check it out, which is you know, great to do. And he had a horse, I think his name was Honor Code or one of those horses, Honor Code horses and uh, running in the Whitney. And I had looked at the racing form and I was with a friend, Watson. And I said to Shug, you know, and Shug does not tout his horses. He will not tout them. It's not, he doesn't tell you they're good or bad. It's, you know, he's a professional horseman. He's not a gambler. He gets his horses ready. He's a Hall of Fame trainer. And I said to Shug that day, you know, I got my hat's off to you because you don't duck anybody. He says, what do you mean? I said, the horses you're running against are, you know, five or six or seven of the best horses in training in the world right now. And he said to me, I don't give a damn about them other horses the way my horse is now. Oh, I was, oh, oh, oh. I was like, out of this oh. horse. I, I folded my racing form up. I said, I don't need to look at this another minute. A little psychology there. That horse. But popped up at the wire to win it was great i think he paid nine dollars it was a great day at the races for me with inside information that wasn't intended to be information his honest reaction was you know if my horse runs his race you could say that about you know john rom if he plays his game nobody's going to beat him but that's not always true because if john rom plays his game and roy mcelroy plays his game and scheffler plays his game you know you don't know what's happening there but no, it's, for me, when a guy who doesn't tout his horses, yeah, you know, the question you asked was really good, or the the statement you posed there was psychologically to your advantage because if you had said to him, "Is your horse going to win?" No, he would have he would have thrown he would have spit on you and said, <laughs> "What's your question?" And you'd have gotten nothing out of him, right? Yeah. He's such a nice man, too. He, I, okay. I've played golf with him several times. And when he introduced me to his wife, he said, uh, this is, this is you know, Billy Regan. He knows more about our horses than we do. Because <laughs> I have a great memory, but I, it's not true. This guy is the consummate professional uh, on every level. So you can see him interviewed all the time. He's, he's just, a, a you know, I got to meet him through a friend of mine who you know, Chris, and, and uh and then Dennis uh, at Wingfoot. So I played golf with him several times. And it's just a great learning experience to see how that that inside, to get to go over to his stables and look at the horses in the stables and watch them working out. And that's just a treat. So you went through that whole process. You got, this is more we won because you bet on this horse, but you had a lot of information. You knew the trainer, you went over there, you probably put your arms around this horse. You looked in this horse's eyes. You did everything no one's ever allowed to do. Did you have a different elation when you won that one versus some other? Oh, know? yeah. No, this was just leading up to it. This was kind of funny because my friend Watson, the guy who put me into horse racing in the first place, was with me. And he uh, was always a Shug fan long before I ever met Shug. 
So when I did end up meeting him and getting invited over, I asked if it would be okay to bring Watson. So this was a treat for him too, because he loved this trainer from afar without any personal experience with him, except his knowledge of how good a trainer he was. And, and when, when we heard this, so now fast forward to before the race and, and Watson saying, I'm a little worried about it. Bill, 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 stop, you know, don't worry about anything. This, you know, you, you're all in or you're not, you can't, you can't second guess him at this point. And he was like, you're right. You're right. So we, but well, going into that race, I, I wasn't doing well. So the race before I went to a uh, ATM, but they were broken down. There was something wrong with the system. I couldn't get money out. So I was like, oh my God, I'm down to like $34 and I can't get money. And the Shug's horse is in the next race. So I boxed the Superfecta for a dollar, 24 bucks in the previous race uh, before Shug's race. And I hit it. Thank God. Wow. And I won like 1100. So <laughs> thank you. It's not that I, I didn't have the money. So the, there was a technical glitch with the, like maybe everybody was hitting the cash machines at the same time or something. You need that ammo when you get a sure thing like that one. Yeah. And I'm, a, I'm not a big better. I'll bet, you know, $20 on a horse to win occasionally 40, but I stuck 200 on, on, uh, on Shook's horse that day and I hit the exacta. So that was, that was, that was great. That was a great, a great feeling. Dirt. When you look at the Derby, obviously there's 20 horses or more. There's a, it's a crowded field, but when you, parse through the horses and you get down to your four five, six of 20 favorites. What are those differentiators? Is it the, uh, you know, it's how fast they run. The well, it's how they, it's how they run. So if you look at a, a race with 20 horses, you look at every race, sort of, you have to consider a few things, the track condition. So let's just base this all on a fast track and assume that all these horses can run on a fast track. Now you have to look for who's going to be out in front, and what's that going to do? How's that going to affect your choices? You know, if if your choice is a horse that runs out in front like Kings Barnes is a front runner, who does he have to deal with on the front end? How many does he have to deal with on the front end? There might be three, four, five other horses that he has to deal with on the front end. Then you have to look at them and look at the fractions of their races. How fast do they run the quarter? You know, 22, is it 23, is it 24 seconds? Will your horse outrun these or will he have to sit off them? If he has to sit off them, can he kick in at the end or does he need the lead? There are some horses that need the lead. There's some that, you know, that don't, you know, some, some don't want any part of the lead. <laughs> if you don't want any part of the lead, then you have to, you have to work out a good trip. And that's where a jockey is extremely important uh, versus, uh, you know, a, a less experienced jockey, for instance, or a less a jockey with less nerve, if, if that's the right word. Some of these guys, you know, might hesitate to try and squeeze through a hole on the rail at the top of the stretch. And some guys don't hesitate. And that's intricate too, because you could have a jockey that's got the courage to squeeze through on the rail, but the horse he's squeezing past might have a jockey on him that doesn't like people to do, uh, horses to do that and squeeze them even tighter. Huh. So all of that is, you know, gamesmanship, horsemanship, all kinds of, of uh, things. And you got to stay on the horse. Sometimes the guy will fall off the horse. Yeah. Or, you know, there's so many variables. That's why it's so, there's so much elation when you win because you've beaten all these, they may not have all occurred, but they were all possible. And, and you've, and you've gotten past all that and you're, and you're on your way to the winner's circle. 
if you're the trainer of Forte, could you see another come from behind win like Forte showed in the Florida Derby, where yeah. he was ninety eight percent of the time he wasn't anywhere near the lead in the last. I, I figure he'll stay closer, but he's if he wins, he he'll be coming from sixth or seventh place, uh, you know, down the stretch. And his trainer Todd Pletcher, who's world class Hall of Fame trainer, also I think has four, three or four horses in the race. And Brad Cox, who's another first-class trainer who ended up winning it a couple of years ago by disqualification. Bob Baffert's horse was, uh, they found, was illegally used drugs. And there's all kinds of stories about that and Baffert. And, but he got banned. So, you know, the horse that actually came in first in the Derby was disqualified six or eight months later. Oh. I have a personal problem with that kind of stuff because they say they made it right, the, the horse that should have won the Derby won the Derby. But for me, I bet the horse that should have won the Derby and lost my money. And then they made him win the Derby. So the betters got screwed on that. And the betters almost always get screwed on that kind of stuff because they, their bets are gone. All right. Just, so let's get right. down to the race. Let's get down to the race. I want you to tell us what you think is going to happen. And we'll kind of conclude this doping out the uh, Derby. You're going to go. All right. You're going to go. I'm good. I'm going to go over to my racing form here. Yeah. I already told you, I'm looking at Forte, the two fills, Tappet Trice, and Kings Barnes. I might throw a fifth horse in there and do a $40 box. We'll see. All right. I'm going to take you from the rail out. Hit show. Well, because he's on the rail, he's got some speed. He doesn't always make the lead, but he might have to try and make the lead. He's got Manny Franco on him, 27% uh, winning jockey. He's lost to... Uh, three of the horses in this race in the past he'll be a long shot i'm writing him off I, I if he goes for the lead i don't think he can last and i don't even think he'll get the lead the horse right outside of him verifying same trainer brad cox uh great jockey tyler gaffleone who's who's very very good jockey top five or ten in the world in my opinion has some experience at a mile and an eighth he lost by a neck to tap it trice has some speed i expect him to go right for the lead I don't. I, I think he'll be at least one of the few horses that go right for the lead. But Tapatrice has lost, has beaten him. Confidence game has beaten him. Uh, Reincarnation has beaten him, and Forte have beaten him in other races. So I don't know if he lasts. The thing to remember about the Derby: these horses are getting better and better as as they age. Some of them, you know, haven't peaked yet and might not peak until next year. So you don't just don't know. The next horse, your horse, two fills. Trainer is very good. Larry Valley is, is training at a 30, uh, 31% win percentage this year. And the jockey is riding at a 16% win percentage over the year. But when he rides for this trainer, he wins 23% of the time. That's out of 158 races. This horse will sit. He'll probably find some good spot. I don't know if he'll tuck in behind the one, but he, he's he's got some speed. So he'll be present. And I think he's going to be a crowd favorite for a number of reasons. So I, he's a 12 to one morning line. He might go off less than that. You just don't know. Then you come to confidence game who has a similar running, running style to hit uh, to the rail horse. I'm throwing him right out. His trainer's decent. His jockey's very good. His jockey's name is Jimmy Graham, by the way, <laughs> not, not the same Jimmy, uh, <clears throat> but he's legit, but he's, he, you know, he's beaten reincarnate. He's lost to two fills. He's lost to Rocket Can, and he's lost to Jace's Road. So he's got too much to do. Now you come to Tappet Trice, 
Luis Saez, terrific rider, top three or four in the world, uh, certainly in the United States, with a 36% win percentage at Churchill this year, 20% over the year, and 20% for Todd Pletcher, who's got a 50% win percentage right now, but that's out of two races, but 21% over the year. Todd Pletcher's top five trainers in the country for sure. And this horse is proven at a mile and an eighth, at a mile and a 16th and a mile. He's actually won his last four or five races. He's only lost once. He came in third in his very first race. He's the legitimate shot here. And he'll he'll ride. He can come, he can stay close or come from behind. So he's dangerous. He's very dangerous. Uh, leave him out at your own risk. Here's Kings Barnes next. He's your favorite, your your horse. He's won three for three. Not against great company, although he's beaten a couple of these horses, disarming Jace's Road. Uh, <clears throat> that was in the Louisiana Derby. Before that, he was an optional claimer, 75. That means that that's a lower class race than a stakes race or an allowance race. It doesn't mean uh, that the horses all stink. It just means early on in their career, they, they don't know, might not know how good he was. So they, they put him in. I doubt they risked him for a claiming price, but that we don't need to get into that. But he, he goes on the lead. He's going he's gonna to be fighting for that lead. And he's outside those other speed balls inside him. So he's got a better shot at controlling speed. He, he doesn't necessarily have to get to the lead before the first turn, but he can sit there and, and then maybe as they get to the back stretch, start wrestling with the, with the front runners. He's also trained by Todd Pletcher, who's got a, a big handful here. Then we come to reincarnate. I'm tossing him right out. He's fast, but I think he'll fall apart. Okay. If you guys are listening to this, I would run to the windows and bet reincarnate after I just said that. So <laughs> uh, he's got a great jockey. Uh, John Velasquez is a Hall of Fame. He's been around for a long time. You can't fault the jockey, uh, but he's a front runner and he might have some difficulty with it in the horse inside him, Kings Barnes and the cheap speed on the rail. So we call it cheap speed because I don't think it's going to last long. Then you come to um, Mage, if you say that correctly. Yeah, that's it. He's going to sit off the pace a little bit. He's got uh, Javier Castellano riding him, a very good Hall of Fame jockey. He's been around for a long time. I don't give him much chance. He's already lost Mage to Forte the twice. Ahead. And then uh, Forte came from behind to beat Mage in the Florida Derby. Yeah, and came from behind to beat him in the Fountain of Youth, also the race before that. Uh, where where Mage ran fourth, so he, he's a good horse. He's going to have a good career, but he's not going to win this race. Then we come to Skinner. Skinner's uh, not going to be near the front, so he's going to have to work out a trip. He's got uh, uh, JJ Hernandez, who's a good jockey, twenty four percent winner, has never ridden for this particular trainer, John Sheriffs, very good trainer. In fact, trained uh, Zenyatta. So there's talk he about knows Skinner though. There's a lot of talk on, I've seen Skinner getting a little noise. Maybe it's because yeah. of the jockey, maybe because of the trainer. We'll see. Well, and, and, the, and, the, uh, and the race might set up for him because, you know, if, if too many horses go for the lead, what that tends to do is somebody, then they start stepping on the gas and you reach a certain point where you're going too fast. Like any race, if you blow yourself out early, you're going to be, you know, heaving and hawing in the stretch. So if the race falls apart, as they say on the front end, uh, Skinner could come from behind. He 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 has made some good runs from behind. He's only got one win in six races. It was a, a his maiden race. So he, he's he's lost a practical move twice in a row. 
<laughs> I don't give him much of a chance, but I don't throw him completely out. Practical word, move to me is a very interesting move. One. I like this one. Yeah. Yeah. He's very interesting because his first four races were uh, the first two races were six and a half furlongs. So they're going twice as far in this. They're going uh, 10, uh, 10 furlongs in this race. So it's not quite twice as far, but it makes a difference. And he was second and third in those first two races. Then they stretched him to a mile. That was his best race, his third race, where he finished second. Then they stuck him back at seven furlongs, less than a mile. He backed up to third. Then this is what's important to me. His next race, they switched jockeys, and they moved him to two turns, a mile and a 16th, and he won. He drew away. So they kept him at a mile and a 16th with the same new jockey in his next race. And he ran clear again. So I'm putting practical move in there. Disarm, I'm throwing out. He's he's uh, he's speed that's going to get outrun. Same with Jace's Road. Then we come to Sun Thunder. I don't think he's going to be. He's been beaten by all these horses a number of times. Angel of Empire is Brad Cox's oh. best shot. The 14. And then Forte, who, who I think can't lose unless he runs into a real bad trip. He comes from behind. I would go with Forte, practical oh. move. Shot with this Derma. Sodagate, the Japanese horse who's the very Japanese good on the front horse. end. Can I ever win a Kentucky Derby? Who's that? Is a Japanese horse going to win nope. it? Nope. He's, a Japanese horse has never won a Derby, but they're getting better all the time. There's so many people betting this race. So I'll tell you a trick that Watson told me. You watch the morning line. If a horse that's say like eight to one goes to four to one and then stays there, that's a good horse to keep your eye on because you know the, this isn't just one guy betting because there's going to be tons of money bet on this race so all right we're gonna let all these amateurs figure it out you gave them enough of these inside tips billy great <laughs> job this is our effort of two dopes doping out the uh, best <laughs> horse race right the best horse race of the year yeah i, I it, you know it's it's the masters so <laughs> is the masters the best uh it know, is tournament or is the british open there it is it's the masters yeah yep. this is the Belmont's pretty good too Yep, All the right, Belmont's the British Open, the Preakness is the U.S. Open. All right, happy horse racing. Thanks for joining Casper, us today. Billy Horner. We really appreciate your Double feedback. Double indemnity. And please, Marky, subscribe to the Twitter, show. And hit Claude the bell icon so you get notified. Movie classics. New episodes. Mark Gable. Hit them hard. Job. And hit them off. That's 36 holes.